and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number six. This week my guest is B.R. Crichton. Like me, he writes dark fantasy and we're going to talk to him about his work but also about a really amazing book trailer he's made for one of his books. So stick around for that. I know you'll find it really interesting. At my desk this week, I've gone back into Photoshop which, as I've mentioned before, I really like it in there. But I'm not doing anything too massively creative. I've just been going back to that old job of sorting out the A-plus content that's available now on the Amazon platform. This has turned out to be a bigger job than at first I thought. Each product needs to have the A-plus content added to it. So every book in each format needs to be sorted out. And of course, it's a good idea to do it across territories. I've done the basics, the US stores and the UK stores, but now I'm going to do Germany and the other English-speaking territories. But also, what I really need to do, and what I've been doing this week, is sorting out the box set, which I feel needs its own sort of artwork, and I haven't even started on my other author name, Tiger Molly. So that's been my big project this week, as as, as well as a few other bits and pieces. Once again, I must apologise for any shuffling and snoring noises in the background. Yes, that whippet is here on the bed again. But she's pretty good and she stays quite quietly. She's right next to me. (laughs) I'm hoping that the good old microphone isn't picking up too much of her snuffly noises. Like I said before, it's all okay as long as we don't get a big doggy dream. Another reason that I've gone back into Photoshop this week is because I've had visitors My mother-in-law's comes to stay. She's quite elderly and really very nice. Well, much like my husband. But I do find if I'm actually trying to write when I've got people around, I either really don't get into it or I find I'm not very good company for those we've got staying. Whereas I find the Photoshop, I can kind of dip in and dip out. If my husband and my mother-in-law are having a deep chat about the old days or something, I can just swan in there, do a bit of artwork and come back out. And I'm kind of fairly normal. Whereas if I'm writing some dark fantasy stuff. Well, mm, I don't know. It's a funny old world and it's a funny old life, this writer business. So beyond my desk, basically, that's what I've been doing. Entertaining, cooking lots of food and trying not to be, you know, too weird. Okay, let's get on with the interview. Come and meet BR. He's a nice guy and a lovely Scottish accent to boot. Well, I'm delighted to welcome a fellow writer of dark fantasy, BR Crichton. So far, he has three books in his arsenal. The Rage Within, which is a standalone. A Rise of the Darkness, book one, A Song of Steel and Claw. And A Rise of the Darkness, book two, Shattered Steel. So, Bruce, do you plan to write more in your Rise of Darkness series? Well, yes, absolutely. Thank you very much for having me um, on your podcast. It's lovely There's to have you. More planned. <laughs> There's certainly more planned. We've not, um, I haven't finished the story yet. I have to, I have to wind it up. Um, originally, when I planned it um it was meant to be three books but book two grew arms and legs and it was probably a bit thicker than I had uh, intended and I, I suspected book four is going the same way so sorry book three is going the same way um so book three may yet be book three and four but if that's the case they will be released uh, at almost the same time since I'll, I'll need to I'll really need to to wrap it all up but yes I'm working hard I'd originally planned to write the Arise the Darkness story. That was the original, my original thoughts. Um, but I felt that there was a, a story to be told that led into that. 
And that's why I, I wrote The Rage Within. I, I like the use of flashbacks to explain characters' behavior and motivations in stories, but I think harking back too much can get quite annoying to the reader, uh, constantly jumping yes, to and fro. Yes, I agree, yeah. And, and trying, trying to explain the history of a world, uh, I think, can get quite frustrating. And that's why that ridiculous 10-year project of The Rage Within happened. I like to think of The Rage Within as, as The Hobbit is to The Lord of the Rings. And I hope you forgive the juxtaposition of the, you know, the, the giant of the genre, the father of the genre. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'll, I'll do it unashamedly all the time. Oh, I think um, all us fantasy authors, we're all influenced by, you know, the early greats. You know, the, well, without the, doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of us spent a lot of time on our first book more and then we got better at it. And, and you, you're sort of more able to tell a story more succinctly, more easily. I, I started writing my, my first novel probably oh, in the early 90s, and I spent five or six years on that, uh, and I'll, I'll, I know it'll, I'll never publish it. I never completed the story. Um, it, I just couldn't make it work, but I learned so much in that five or six years. So many, so many errors that I made in that I was able to um, avoid making in, in the second book, and I think uh, everyone has to write a junk novel to start with. To get all the garbage <laughs> out of their head, <laughs> get it yes, all out. Yeah, um, throw yeah. Them in. And, but it, but all the good elements, um, try and keep a hold of them and try and incorporate them into uh, into something into something else. Yeah, it, I think it's it's fascinating how our minds work, and and although we're all very different. A lot of people have similar experiences of these early things that you write that you chuck away, but you've learned and you and you go on. So, what inspires you, Bruce? What inspires you to write dark fantasy? Because I think um, we must have some sort of similar mind, you and I, because we both write yeah, kind of dark the, stuff. I've always loved the genre, and I think the, the fantasy genre is a is a, a very light and easy way to to study the, the human condition. There is so much. Uh, so many terrible things happening in the world at the moment, and, and any anywhere you look in the world, there there are awful things um, happening. Um, and looking at um, nonfiction, if you read nonfiction about um, war zones and and the goings on and and the atrocities that are happening today, it can be very very hard going. It can, it can be very very difficult to process that. And I I think that something like dark fantasy is a a very interesting way to to look at at humans, their interactions, their motivations, the things that drive them without having that link to reality that makes the reading so traumatic in in nonfiction. So I that's what I that's really what the angle that I tend to come at it from. Do you tend to find a, a good ending? Do you, do you have are, are you a bit of a happy ending? I have terrible things happen in my books, but at the end it usually comes out for most of the characters all right. I just can't help to do that. Perhaps it's because I'm a girl. <laughs> No, I tend not to have not, not certainly not a fa fairy tale ending. I, I don't I don't like no. I, I, I would never write anything where everything where everybody dies and it it all ends dreadfully. Um that I think would just no. be far too depressing. I don't think anyone would ever read anything from me again. But I, I also like to finish things with a with a, a touch of realism. Um there is no such thing as a fairy tale ending. Nothing ends perfectly. Um there is no happily ever after life goes on and terrible things carry on happening so well, you may wrap up a thread of a story but you have to um, bear in mind that the the, the world goes on uh, even fantasy worlds go on 
I think having a happily ever and uh, happily ever after ending um, would be too unrealistic even for a, a fantasy novel. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of truth spoken in fantasy novels. Actually, I, th- I think you know, like you say, we do talk about the human condition, and I think very much so. Um, you're you're looking at, I you know, I, I know with my bad guys, I'm I'm always trying to ask why they got like that I'm, I'm always trying to consider what it is that happens I never just have somebody who's like permanently evil and there's no explanation for it I always want to want to try and give a reason because I think there's a reason for everything behind all the things that happen yes and likewise you know, good or bad and likewise the heroes the best heroes always have a, a, a dark edge to them don't they they have a they have skills. Yes. yes. And they're, they're the, I always think that the best the best characters are, are the ones who are a shade of grey and not necessarily. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I think that's what we're all like, really, because I think um, uh, you know, as as a writer, you know, people say to me, you know, oh gosh, I can't believe you write such dark stuff. But oh, I think there's a lot of darkness in a lot of us. There is, and, yes. and, and the difference with a fantasy writer is we're we're just putting it on the page, yes. really. You know, and I think I think that's probably quite healthy. Probably yes. quite why we're managing to and, and, survive and, quite well. And you can do it without consequence. It's not you. You can you can write these yes. stories without actually drawing a. You can draw parallels, but you're not um, uh, pointing the finger directly at anything that's happening in the world at any given time. I think if you if you look around the world right now, it's a fairly dark place. But there are there are bright spots, so we have to we have to concentrate on the bright spots and try and try and dispel the uh, dispel the dark the shadows. Looking at your blog, and I, and I thought it was very funny because you were saying about how you have a real problem because you've got children and a busy household like me. Um, getting any work done when the house isn't empty and i i have this problem <laughs> especially over covid it's been hell because my grown-up daughters came home and all work from home and my husband was working from home and i was nearly going mad because i was used to having this lovely quiet house and then i didn't have that anymore and I, it was awful and i've really struggled with having to work with people around how, how have you managed likewise i really struggle i i need quiet i need a i need a build-up I'm not the kind of person who can just sit down in front of the computer and, and write. I, I need... Um, no, I can't go, oh, I've got 15 minutes while the potatoes no. are cooking. I'll just knock out. I, no, I, no, I have to get in the zone. I, yeah. I, I believe there are people who can do it and they, they have an hour to write and they sit yeah. down and they write and I despise them. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> it's, it's entirely driven by jealousy. Um, I just can't do it. It takes me a long time to... To, to, to get into the zone, like you say, I stagger about for the first couple of hours of the day. I um, I, I can't can't hold my thoughts together. And but come evening time, I'm on fire. But unfortunately, come evening time, I've, I've normally had a I've normally had the the, the kids have been home since um, since three thirty, and I've been feeding them and entertaining and dealing with all the things that you need to deal with with young children. And they are getting older though, so things should in theory be getting easier um so um but yes during covid was covid was a was a was a grim a grim spell i uh, had two two long spells of homeschooling three primary school children uh and at the at the time of the first lockdown i was 40,000 words into into book 3 of arise the darkness and that stalled then and has barely started since 
starting to get back into it now, but it, it, I've got to the point now where I have to reread everything I've written to get back into the flow. To get back into it. Yes, I do that. I end up doing a big gap because I go and start a podcast or something, <laughs> get on yes. some other track. And then and then I have to go back and go, oh, cracky, I can't even think where I am. But then once I'm in the zone again, I'm okay. As, as it's, I like it when you wake up in the morning and that's kind of your first thoughts really in your head. You're, you, you know, the story is clicking round you know, and you're having new ideas and, and you might not get to it for a couple of hours, but it's your imagination is busy with it. Your subconscious is busy with it while you're not at your desk. Do you find something helps to get you in the zone? I like to hear rain sounds in my through my headphones while I'm working. A good storm. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I have two dogs, so they, they get walked regularly. It's, um, I find a dog walk is a, is a good way to to. Yes, I've got a dog. Get yeah. into the zone. Um, I'm very lucky in that I live in a in a Perthshire town that's surrounded by woodlands and lochs, and I can I can walk five minutes from my front door and be and be uh, in the middle of a a fairly remote wood, and um, it's it's very very calming. So so yeah, walking the dogs. I, I do like to get out and about, and uh, I like hiking and that kind of thing and I, I like to hike in silence I like to walk in silence because that's when I do my best thinking um it's, it's nice to have company but uh equally I, I do like to be alone with my thoughts at times yeah I think it I think it really helps I've got a dog a little whippet and uh, we we go off as, as long as I'm not spending the whole time whistling her to bring her back because they go miles with <laughs> but uh most mostly she's she's great and it is a good time to think yeah you, you, really good. I, I often i often look back to places that i've been or think back to places that i've been um landscapes that i've that i've visited i've never really been inspired by cities although i do take um i do take some elements of cities to include into in my writing um some of the architecture for example and, and some of the cultural eccentricities within cities but do you ever look back at um, at places that you've been for inspiration? I mean, I always enjoy thinking about mountain environments. I find them very calming. Um, they're pristine, particularly at higher altitudes. They're um, really pristine and uh, very calming, very restful, I find. But at the same, as well as being restful, they're inhospitable places and you can't dwell there. Um, there's an air of mystery about them, I always, I always think. Um, and where there's an air of mystery, there's inspiration. Yes, I like I like old ruins, ah. um, you know, you know, like um, standing stones and things like that. And and I feel they have a kind of a I don't know, a, a sort of a, a spirituality, I yes. suppose. And and they're very good for wandering around and thinking about yes, strange strange things that we think there's about. Other worldly and qualities, I, yeah, I, things definitely. that have things that have tumbled down. That's um, it. Uh, Looking back, looking back at, uh, we're trying to imagine how they would have been two hundred years ago, three hundred years ago, how they would have been thriving with life. Um, yes, I, I, I would agree with that. I've got to ask you about your book trailer because I really, really like it, right. <laughs> and I thought it was amazing when it came when I came across it on your website, and it really has some, you know, great imagery. I love, I love the the wording and the the voiceover and and the music and it I, it looked really professional but is it something that you've done yourself no uh, well or, or I, orchestrated yourself i had I, I wish i wish i had the talent to do any of that but i i am um, i wanted to do something for the for the launch of the the, the the first book in the series a song of steel and claw 
I really wanted to do something to promote it and to do something different. And I I, I had the idea of, of the book trailer. I'd seen several. Um, none of them really jumped out at me. None of them really um, hit, struck a chord with me. And I I thought I wanted to do something a little bit different. I I wanted something that was fairly short, about a minute or so. Um, people have short attention mm-hmm. spans these days, so we, you need to get your message over fairly quickly. Um, I didn't want anything using just images alone and a, and a voiceover. I wanted some sort of... Uh, feel some sort of cinematic feel to it but i certainly didn't want any acting um i think one of the problems with actors having getting an actor and to do even a short scene is that it it takes it takes too much away from the reader's imagination and once you've put a face onto a character then that can spoil it for the reader in many ways yeah 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 i've done a podcast exactly about that about the faceless images on, yes on, i think i think we need to on fantasy yeah, books it, yes it, yeah you've got to keep the detail low yes. you know but 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 enough to give the the reader or the or the looker keep of the, your video yeah, to keep the imagery high yeah you're right you're right yes um but i also wanted it to look as professional as possible um another problem with getting actors and unless you get a proper actor a professional actor or someone who who is very good at acting it, it can look bad it can look um if it's unprofessional it, it can look a, a little bit cringeworthy so i wanted to um, yeah because i think i think these things can very easily look yeah, awful yeah you know I, i've seen, seen loads of these things out there and thought oh that's yeah it's not horrid but it's not great but i looked at that and thought that's brilliant that's really good a little bit of subpar acting can actually um reflect badly on what is a really really good book it could be a fantastic book but if you if if you throw out a little bit of um um poor pantomime acting it's uh it can, it can spoil it and although i'm sure people will have the very best of intentions if you if you have friends who volunteer to act out a scene it can it can backfire, I, I would imagine. But yeah, so I, I didn't. I didn't want to have any, any professional. I didn't want any acting. Sorry, I didn't want any acting in it as such. And the pro, the whole process. Did you use a company to do it then? No, I, I again, I looked at a. I looked at a few services that that um, that did this kind of thing, and they were just mostly using still images still images and a voiceover, and I, I really wanted something different. Um, so the, the whole process was actually it was a huge undertaking in the end, and I'm, I'm lucky I have so many good friends. But I was uh, because I wasn't keen on, on the style of other trailers I, I'd seen, I, I, I approached a friend called Paul Diffley who uh, ran a small company called Hot Aches Productions, and they do mountaineering and climbing and some caving films, very professional. Uh, he's won lots of awards, um, and asked if he'd be willing to do something. And normally, he normally he spends his his uh, his filming time hanging from a rope, filming somebody scaling a, a mountain face. So this should be a doddle for him, I would have thought. Anyway, he was he was very keen. He thought, yeah, sounds like fun. We'll we'll give it a go. And then I had to I had to find people to to fill the two roles of the. I had a, a rough storyboard, and it included two of the characters, and I. Again, I didn't want to go looking for models and actors because of the cost. Um, but I I was dropping my son off at school one morning and I saw one of the mums, someone I'd never spoken to, and she fitted the bill absolutely perfectly. She had the perfect hair. She was just absolutely perfect. I, After about a week, I managed to pluck up the courage to go and ask her 
if she would be willing <laughs> to. <laughs> that's you know, that's quite hard to say, you know, do you want to be in my film? She already thought, go away, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 was, I was braced to get pepper spray. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I was fully expecting to get pepper sprayed, but she, once she had, after the initial uh, surprise, she, she, she was quite enthusiastic and she was up for it. And, uh, uh, so that was uh, that was Elaine. That was my Valia character sorted. Um, and uh, I have a, a, another friend, uh, a semi-professional or an ex-semi-professional rugby player, who's a bit of a lump. And I thought, well, he'll he'll fit the bill. He doesn't have to act. He just has to stand in the background. Um, just has to stand in the background and look mean. And that's sort of what he does. Um, so, um, and he was he was keen. His first question was, do I have to take my shirt off? I told him he didn't have to. And he seemed a bit disappointed with that. But anyway, he, <laughs> he still turned up. <laughs> <on the day. laughs> um, next video. <laughs> yes, well, maybe next time, maybe next yeah. time. When you do, when you do more videos for, for the other books? Possibly, possibly. I, I think what I wanted to do with this one was make it relevant to all the books that followed. Yes, so yeah. I didn't want to put too much detail in it that, that tied it to the first book. So it's a it's something that really sets the scene for the for the series rather than a specific book. I think if I'd been too specific, then I, I would have felt I would have had to have made three, and it took a long time to make one. So um, I was very careful about how I how I storyboarded it and how I how I uh, had it narrated, that it would be relevant to all the, all the books. I found a, a very good voiceover artist called Mark Chadwick, um, who had done a few voiceovers for wildlife um, programs and uh, some, some adverts as well. Um, the thing that drew, drew me to Mark was that when I wrote the transcript, I had I wrote it with Sean Bean's voice in my head. Yes, yeah. You know when yeah. you sometimes you write something and you have somebody's voice yeah. in your head. When you re, when you read a David Atten, anything written by David Attenborough, you read it in his voice. Yes. Well, for some reason, as I was writing this transcript, it was Sean Bean I was hearing, and I've no idea why. Anyway, Sean was busy that weekend. It sounds so. like him. <laughs> it sounds like him. I, I thought. I thought. Is it? Is it? You know, I did. I was almost going to say, "Well, oh, actually, I know him. He lives down the road, or something." And he did. But <laughs> <laughs> my mate Sean, well, take a break from uh, from filming Game of Thrones. No, I I asked him to channel his inner Sean Bean, and he did a great job. He I did a really good he thought job. That was a great. Yeah, idea. yeah, yeah. So, um, so he he was fantastic, um, and really, again, really professional, and really interesting to work with these guys because they're. They're they're involved in a, in a in a section of the creative arts that I've got no experience in, and so you you find yourself being immersed in their world for a short time, yeah. and it's fascinating. It really is. Um, but then we needed a, a set, and I mean, I live in a in a beautiful area. We could have gone and hidden anywhere in the woods, but a a, a friend of mine has a cattle farm up the road, just just a few minutes from from the house, um, and we lugged everything up to the top of a hill into into the tumble down ruins of what had been a, a small dwelling near near a place called Glasscoon Castle. And that's where we set up for the main for the main shots. Um then after that down to the cattle shed, uh fired up the disco smoke machine uh, for the final shot and then got the got the scene with Valia disappearing into the smoke. Um watched by a bemused bull would you believe <laughs> but you wouldn't know that watching no. it. so um the top of a hill and then a cattle shed on a farm it, again like i say very lucky to have good friends who are able to 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 do the things uh, that i couldn't do 
and, and, and provide the, the set. I think, like you say, I think it's interesting to see these other people's worlds. My One of my daughters is a sound engineer. So I thought, oh, I'm going to do this podcast business. And um, she was teaching me how to edit sound. It, and um, suddenly you're in this other person's world with, you know, and I know when we, if we go and see shows that she's she's doing the some shows on the West End, I won't give them the plug. And you go there to see the show, but then she sort of takes you back and shows you the, the soundboard and all the amazing things. And you just think, this is just a whole new thing that I don't understand on any level. <laughs> But it's great, it's great getting a glimpse of what, of what other people do. The amount of work that goes into very short pieces of sound or video, is, it's, it's remarkable. So, yeah, right, right at the end of the, of the trailer, there's a, a, a glimpse. You get a glimpse of one of my creatures um, called a shar. They appear in the rage within. Um, and that's from my descriptions out of the, the mind of a man called Howard Vows. Now he's, or Vos, I, I apologize, Vos, I always mispronounce his name. So I'd been looking to bring the Shah to life with promotional material. Obviously, it's it's the main creature attraction, if you will, of, of Dory's. Um, but I've got absolutely no artistic talent whatsoever. None none at all. Um, cannot draw to save my life. Um, so I'd, I'd gone looking for an artist or a designer who might be able to help and um, Online stumbled upon an image of a of a giant sitting at a at a table, um, holding a, a knife and fork with uh, what I assumed what I assumed to be Jack of Jack and the Beanstalk fame huddled behind some clutter, and it was a beautifully grotesque image with full of texture, um, and it inspired me to contact him. So I sent him an email just to see if he'd be interested in creating this monster for me, and and again he was very enthusiastic, very up for it. Sent him some rough sketches, and I do mean rough. <laughs> uh, I sent him some photographs of of uh, some spiders and uh, and and reptiles that had sort of inspired the imagery. Um, and he got back to me with some with some sketches. Astounding how quickly he got back to me and how how intricate and detailed they were. Uh, and so to and fro a couple of times and uh, the shower was born great to see your imagination actually on the page it's it's great you know like drawn not just well yes. it's great as well but it is nice yes. to do that i think yeah ama- amazing i i just i just love it well, um we're yeah. coming up to the 10 minute goodbye thing is there anything you, you want to you anything else you want to drop in maybe mention again howard voice he's, he's a fantastic artist uh, artist works um, with through media arts. You can you can look at his his films on uh, howardvossfilms.com. At Vosses V A U S E. He's got a fantastic uh, short film that's been rightfully peppered with awards called The Curious Child. I really just want to praise all the other creative people that I've I've been very I've been lucky enough to work with. It's, it's been it's been a bit of a roller coaster up and down. I'm still in, I'm still enjoying it. The distractions are are frustrating, but they're all they're all good distractions so far. I've got nothing really to complain about. Yeah, no, I think it's good. It's a great. It's a, it's a really good video, and I, and I like your book covers too. You know, I think I think it's really looking of a piece. I think as you get more work in your arsenal, it's 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 nice to see that grow. You know, because we we go back a long time on Twitter, you and I, when we both just had the first book out, and you know, here we are, sort of ten years on, really. You know, with with more more to our name. Yeah, it is. It's really good. Um, so Bruce, where can everybody find you and your books online? Um, well, you can find me online. I'm, I 
I inhabit Twitter, as you've just said. Um, but the, the books can be found on uh, on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Waterstones, depending on where you are. If you if you want uh, if you want paperbacks, you can get them in most good bookshops. You can order them. Uh, you can certainly get them online. Uh, for the eBooks, um, the Rage Within is on Kindle, Nook, Kobo, Smashwords, all of those. Um, the Arise the Darkness series at the moment is only available on Kindle, and that's because I, I took advantage of some uh, promotional opportunities through Amazon. But once all the books are out, that um, exclusivity will be gone and they'll be available everywhere. But at the moment, the ebook is available on Kindle only, or ebooks are available Kindle only. Um, but again, the, the, the paperbacks are available everywhere. Um, and if they're not in the bookshop, they can be ordered. They can be ordered, absolutely. And yeah. and your websites? Yeah, brcrichton.com, and that's C-R-I-C-H-T-O-N. Uh, everyone everyone uh, has a different way of spelling Crichton. <laughs> it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much. Pleasure. Thank you. It was fascinating talking to Bruce, and I think you'll agree that he's really breaking the moulds with his book trailers. The links are in the show notes, so if you get the chance, do go along and have a look. They really are worth a look. Okay, so next week my guest is Melissa Addy. Melissa Addy writes historical fiction, but she's so much more than a writer. Now I know this because I went on one of her courses many years ago and pretty much she changed my life. So come along and join us for that. This has been the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman Smith and you can find me at www.djbowmansmith.com and there's all the links for the show notes and anything else we might have mentioned. And you know what? I might even put a picture of that whippet dog who seems to be still snoring next to me. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>